things early career recruitment, the strategies to help you succeed. We'll help you work with Generation Z with all the information that you'll need. It's the Jack and Ollie Show. Hello and welcome to the Early Careers Podcast. I'm Jack Denton. And I'm Ollie Sidwell. And this is the Series 3 Wrap-Up. The Wrap-Up. So what is the Series 3 Wrap-Up, Ollie? <laughs> uh, I guess we've finished another series, our third series. Yeah, the difficult third series. Well, we said that the second was a difficult second series. Mm. So maybe the third is also tough. Maybe the fourth know, will be the highest one. such high benchmarks. Yeah. Um, I guess it's just to give you a wrap-up of everything we've spoken about in Series 3. It's like a highlights show. A highlights reel. Yeah, you may have listened to one or two, or there might be some you've missed, so here's an overview of the, a range of things we've done. Um, in fact, before we start, Jack, had a little quiz for you. Oh, yeah? Let's um, go. <laughs> what so, do I win? Obviously, there's been, well, you can win a present... Oh, from presents. the listeners they can <laughs> email in. in to me a gift they'd like to give you if you get any of these right okay yeah that's um, great. but yeah so there's been some phenomenal series in the in the past you know faulty towers yeah brilliant series the office oh even better probably the best one uh yeah two of my favorite um tv programs both didn't get to a third series no they didn't so faulty towers was two office was two mm. also had some christmas specials that didn't do a third series and are we going to do a Christmas special? <laughs> we could do yeah, Christmas is coming up so maybe we could and should do um, we do have a while to go until we get to Friends though how many series do Friends have? 20? 10 10 oh 10. sorry I over-egged it there yeah I've over-egged it <laughs> um, in fact while well, you're talking about the, the longest running series I've done some okay so what's uh, the analysis longest, what's the longest running series? Uh, in the UK the longest running TV show what do you think it is? How uh, long do you think it's been going? Coronation Street? It's actually quite high. Yeah, I did on the list. I think it was like 30 or 40 years that's been going. Right. It's been longer than 30 or 40 years. Correct. TV's yeah. only been around for about 33 <laughs> years, hasn't it? <laughs> uh, this one's been going a while. I don't know. Why? How many? Uh, it's been going since 1953. been going 61 years. Wow. And it is BBC One. The News? <laughs> panorama is, oh, right. is the answer hopefully the listeners were guessing that one as well um, also some stuff from the US I thought you'd enjoy obviously our listeners like yeah. good things uh, global listeners 31 audience, series and counting for one of the longest running um, programs uh, the Flintstones Flintstones no it's, it's, it's uh, no it's animated you're on the right lines. Um, think yellow South Park. You think yellow oh, people. The Homer. Yes, there oh, we go. Of course, The Simpsons. So The Simpsons have been going 31 years, 666 episodes. The next highest is Lassie. Would you believe? God, no, I wouldn't. Um, so yeah. Anyway, yeah. that was an interesting little quiz. That I think if you think Jack's done well, I think I did quite do well. send in um, gifts um, to Jack. So um, we started series three. Let's start. Where do we start in July? Yes, we've we done, we done nine, nine episodes in Series 3. Okay. Um, covered quite a few different things. Actually, one of the things I'm looking to do, actually, is I think um, I'd look to actually probably reorganise some of our shows so we can group them into different categories. So you can focus in on some of the things you're most interested on, whether that's selection and assessment or onboarding or whichever part yeah. of the process it might be, so we can kind of group those together. And um, we also started our first series as well, which is the 
global series. Yes, that was a kicked off in series three. That was good. Yeah, so Anna Champion, we looked at the um, Southeast Asia and how graduate recruitment works there. Um, and in series four, we've got South Africa coming up. Yeah. So in that, we'll look to continue that um, across the globe to look at a whole range of different yeah, areas. Yeah. Draw the parallels between different areas of the, the world. Oh, we didn't just stay in the, in the studio though, did we, Ollie? We went out and about. Where have we been? Well, I guess when we started series three, we're at the ISC, didn't we? Oh, that's right, Which yeah. was about two weeks after the, your first child was born. Yeah, that's right, yeah. Alba, Exciting. yeah. Little Alba. Um, so we went to the ISC in Manchester and we spoke uh, about four different networks. Yeah, that you so, might not have heard of that um, could really add value to to what you're doing in the early career space. Yeah, it's predominantly the school space, so it's about yeah, the association yeah. of colleges or the career development institutes. We spoke to uh, the association of um, learning education and learning providers. Yep. Yeah, and also to UVAC, the University Vocational Awards Council. Yeah, so that'll be useful for you if you're thinking about engaging with schools and colleges. There's some tips in there around certainly how the Gatsby benchmarks are being used by certain employers, which mm-hmm. is what the CDI spoke about. Um, and I think one thing that actually you spoke about at the conference last week yeah. was um, just how some colleges are almost underutilized by oh, employers, yeah. but overrepresented in areas that employers are looking to target. Yeah, I think that was the biggest finding from the, the All About Research Research Report this year, our annual longitudinal study which is that um, yeah, uh, employers should have a different approach to FE colleges versus schools. About, yeah. about a third of employers actually already do that. Yeah, that's good. Um, so one of, the, one of the stats I thought was really interesting was that 24% of students at these colleges were from BAME backgrounds. Yeah, absolutely. Which, which means they're almost overrepresented yeah. compared to the, the general population, general about population. 14%, I think it is. Yeah, so therefore, if you're looking to access a broader range of uh, candidates, FE colleges can be a great way to do that. Uh, the second podcast was with Claire Mc- McClellan. Get that said right. Claire McClellan from Scala. And she spoke about choosing training providers. Yeah, something that's topical, I think, for a lot of people who want to choose the right provider. And it was just helping you. And that, that podcast is really useful if you if you either want to change provider or you're looking to start a program and you want to choose, choose one and, and you, you know, don't know how to go about that. What things to look out for, what are the pitfalls? Yeah. And you know, how can you make sure you make the best choice for, for your business? Yeah, yeah. I, I found that interesting about the offset side. Uh, and she was talking about how you know you only get um, assessed by Ofsted on a certain period of time, and if you get a, an excellent rating, you don't get assessed again for ten years. Yeah. And the massive benefit that has obviously to you know, don't spend as much time uh, doing the Ofsted reports, but also how um, that does open it up in terms of ten years is a huge amount of time. Can standard slip within that time period, and how Ofsted can. I guess regulate that. Yeah, like it, it brings into the, the question the valid the validity, right? If someone's been, yeah. and, you know, looked at ten years ago, and also a big focus on pastoral care, mm. which came up at the ISC apprenticeship conference way back in February, I think it was. Oh, um, go on. Well, it was just a it was just a big topic about yeah um, uh, how employers need to focus also for for lots of young people who go into um, these businesses. It might be the first time they've. And work there and there's a lot more rather than just what they're doing every day that they need to take care of tech take care of these young people and help them grow and deal with whatever the issues they might have in their their lives that are outside of work nice so after claire that's when we went to asia yeah so we didn't actually go to asia let's be clear unfortunately not we did get the invite for future conferences which we you know we're very grateful for and we'll gladly accept 
So it was Anna Champion, wasn't it? So she's the founder of the Southeast Asian Association of Graduate Recruiters. So effectively yeah. the ISE in Southeast Asia. Yeah, and she also runs the, uh, the Hong Kong Graduate Recruitment Network. Yeah, I think it's sort of the same thing in a way, or... I think they're similar, but they think they're separate. Yeah, okay. But she, I guess what the main reason for interviewing her and kicking off this global series is to try and work out what are the main things in terms of whether it's attraction, whether it's assessments, what's happening out in Asia that's working, and what parallels can we draw with the UK market? Yeah, and, um, and how you could work better with your teams who are based in Asia. Yeah, you know, there was some, thing, there was some kind of practical tips of like, Sometimes because you're not there in the office and the global HQ may be in the UK, you miss out on some stuff and how it could be nice to bring those people in and how they could actually be really useful to you. Yeah, yeah. Um, I What was it, the All Indian Ranking she was talking about as well? That yeah. was good. Oh, yeah, it's amazing. Literally, <laughs> like, literally list every everyone in India who does their... Everyone's scores, right? A list yeah. from top... To, imagine you at the bottom of that list. <laughs> so, yeah, if you want to listen to that one, every Indian uh, student has a ranking. Um, obviously we love rankings but that's obviously a very interesting way of doing it and you actually go into all these different schools and you literally cherry pick the best ones yeah and they interview there there on campus don't they yeah do the offers straight away yeah as soon as they've met them and spoken to them yeah yeah and this ranking is all based on academia rather than any kind of employability but that's just India that's how it works out there so it's interesting to see the intricacies for different regions yeah and she highlights lots of other examples as well Yes, which you'll have to go in and listen to. to, (laughs) So I guess that's useful for anyone that's got, say, a global presence um, and has maybe Asian counterparts in different parts of the world. Or you're just looking for a different perspective on how you could do things differently. Yeah, very good. So after that, we went uh, from Asia to Bournemouth. (laughs) (laughs) So we did, yeah. JP Morgan. Yeah. Yeah. Um, Yeah, actually really, really enjoyed this one. It was about onboarding, wasn't it? Onboarding onboarding. and integrating apprentices. I guess the big stat was the change that they made that had this huge increase in, mm. in the retention. Yeah. So I guess their, their retention rates were now 85% over five years or only 15% attrition rate, whichever way you want to look at that. Yeah. But that for them is such a phenomenal um, way of measuring how effective their onboarding process is. And Phil gave loads of really good tips into actually how they integrate apprentices more effectively I quite like their the boot camp they had. Mm-hmm. Um, there's also an apprentice on that podcast as well, and she spoke about one of the things they did on that onboarding week was they had to do a song or create a song, um, as a sort of teamwork exercise. Yeah, and that song was recorded and then played on their graduation. Yeah, right. Which they didn't realise was going to happen, but obviously it was an amazing way to look back on what they were like in in their first week. And I think the nice thing about that is is Phil's background is not HR. That's not mm. where he came from. And I think that gave a really nice perspective. I think that's the same as if we go all the way back to series one with Paul Gascoigne, yeah. who works in graduate recruitment, but his background's in marketing. So when people have these different perspectives, and I think it gives a whole new lease of life sometimes. And I think that's yeah. really, really nice for this space to hear from. So that's, that's why I really liked that one from Phil, and I'd really recommend anyone who's doing it. And I think it's relevant whether you're doing a graduate onboarding process or a, a school leaver onboarding yeah. process. I think yeah, it's definitely. Make yeah, he's, um, his big, big thing was the work-life-learn balance. Mm. Um, so yeah, listen to that one if you're interested. Uh, we then went from Bournemouth, we're going to go location-wise now, okay. uh, to Shoesmiths, which is located in London. Oh, wow, I think <laughs> their like, main office is in Northampton. Oh, is it? Yeah, not that many people places bases in Northampton, are they? No. I think Sam's based in Milton Keynes. 
Ah, Milton Keynes. <laughs> <laughs> um, so Sam spoke about uh, secrets to a successful social media strategy. Yeah, and it clearly worked because it was the it was the, the most l- listens in one week of any podcast. Yeah? I think it had something like 150 listens in the first week. Oh, big time. Yeah, and it's now number three in the overall rankings of all podcasts, <laughs> even the ones from series one. So, I mean, if you really want to know the secrets to social media, I'd listen to that one because... It yeah, works. Yeah. yeah, she's obviously good at promo as well. Yeah. Getting it out there. Uh, also, I think Sam, for me, what really stood out was she has a two-person team. Mm. So it's just the two of them work. Well, and team. then when you probe it. But, but <laughs> what she does is she has access to a whole digital marketing team Yeah, to then give her the creative, the content, all this stuff for her to use across all her platforms. Yeah. And because she's set up specific Shoesmiths grads or Shoesmiths schools... Um, handles mm-hmm. all of their social media content is specific to their audience mm. they're not like piggybacking off the back of a generic careers um, handle yeah yeah yeah, um, so yeah their, that's their big stat was this uh, uh, the number of people who dropped out uh, mm. uh, at, who, who didn't turn up basically to assessment centres yeah from 25% to 0.5% I think it was yeah phenomenal stat yeah um, actually attributed a lot of that just to the, her presence across social media and making it really um, joined up wasn't it it was, yeah. this, it was this number of touch points with the candidates all the way through and yeah. so it helped people self-select out and various other things which she explains in more detail when you when you listen to yeah, that yeah, yeah, I don't want to give it all away do we no, no, um, <laughs> we also interviewed Claudia oh, and yeah. Amy on the road again oh, this, yeah we are genuinely on the road this one yeah. to Farringdon so the careers and enterprise company, um, yeah, only recently set up, which I think is really important to actually go and speak to them, and see what they actually do. So they were initially um, set up to help identify the cold spots and really help with rural recruitment. Yeah, and engage been, with schools. I mean, quite a few there. years now. I think I think it's probably four or five years, right? I, I'd say that's relatively recent. Okay. But yeah, yeah. Different <laughs> interpretations. Different people. Different. Um, yeah, I think that one's, that one's good if you're trying to reach out to schools and colleges, right? Because they explain in some depth of the really simple process you can do. I think the key one out of that one is the um, uh, enterprise coordinators. So yes. in every region, there's an enterprise coordinator. Yeah. And that person has connections to all of the schools and colleges in that area. And their job is to help facilitate, amongst other things, employer engagement. So Gatsby 5. So if you're trying to get into a particular area, find out who the... It, it, the um, local enterprise coordinator is yeah get in touch with them and they will be able to help you get into schools yeah because they only work with about 20 schools in a certain area don't they so they specialize yeah. with those certain schools and give it that time and effort and energy to help i guess do help employers trying to get out to those schools make it a lot easier for them yeah so exactly. partnering with them does make a lot of sense yeah um we then had sophie milliken mm, from yeah. newcastle come down yeah. to, to see us didn't we? Did, yeah uh the writer the writer, author. Yeah, author. Yeah, Sorry. yeah. So uh, Sophie spoke about embedding employability within mm. universities uh, and actually launched her book And the same week she was on the podcast. Um, her new book's called Learner to Earner and it's got a lot, loads of top tips for, for, for students and young people, the practical assessment tips and it obviously links in with a lot of the employees that she's been working with during her time um, at John Lewis and now SRS. Um, and it's now useful for um, or used within schools and colleges. Uh, I saw on LinkedIn the other day that there's more universities buying a big box of them to then give out to their students at mm. employability sessions. So yeah, she's really I think excited about that book, and she spoke a lot about um, 
I guess employability and how important it's becoming at universities. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, and then sort of towards the end of the series now, the last two we're going to talk about. Yeah, last couple. So we had Simeon and Sarah from PlaceNet come in, didn't we? Yeah, and they're not going to see Sarah many more times no. on, on this because she's <laughs> left the country. Yeah, emigrated to Canada. Yeah, which is cool. So Simeon's now going to be the chair of PlaceNet. He's at Swan, Swansea University. Um, and both of them spoke around the topic of why aren't more employers offering placement programs? So yeah. year-long sandwich placements um, which was interesting because we had a load of feedback uh, certainly in the ISE data where they saw fewer placement internships being offered by employers mm -hmm. this is caveated by I think the fact that in energy it was down uh, energy and uh, engineering it was down quite significantly year right. on year obviously the impact of apprenticeships yeah but actually across a lot of other industries it wasn't down at all yeah. so they spoke a lot about um, the how you can I guess think more holistically about working with um, universities if you're an employer or if you're a university how to embed employability more within the curriculum because it's um, factual that you get a higher uh, degree uh, outcome by doing so I think it's on average you get four percent more don't you yeah uh, in your degree score all oh, right didn't know that yeah that's right I feel if you listen, re-listen to the podcast, yeah. you, can, you can hear that. Yeah, really but that was their stat. It's on average between four and five percent a greater score in your degree, which could be the difference between a degree classification, yeah. which is only going to benefit your employability if you do something like a placement as part of your degree course. Mm. Well, the, the thing I really liked from that one was some of the things that I had no idea about um, in terms of like some of the more flexible ways you can run placements. Mm. so you don't have to so everyone always thinks when you think of a placement oh I'm going to have to take someone in the business for an entire year and think of something for them to do for the entire year whereas actually there's these shorter versions over 10 weeks which is basically one day a week um, it's a certain number of hours isn't it I can't remember the number of hours it was do you remember the number of hours uh, well, it's one so, day isn't it so yeah, it's probably it like four, eight, 80 hours was it yeah something like that yeah uh, yeah, 80 hours overall and you just fit it in with all, the, all your studies and it yeah. usually works locally so you're working with a local employer to boost the local economy and also boost local employment. Um, so that worked really well, I think, in Swansea and I think City are doing these things called micro-placements, right. uh, which last you know, one to two weeks in certain um, companies too. Yeah. So yeah, loads of stuff in that one. And um, The last one was just, just recorded, was with, yeah, ben with Ben Williams yeah. uh, from Sten 10. The seat's still warm where he's sitting. <laughs> <laughs> so that was what, he's a business psychologist, so he spoke to us quite a lot around the difference between certainly competency-based recruitment and how that differs to strength-based. Uh, also touched on values. And yeah, values so, so it was overall it was about assessment and selection. Correct, yeah. yeah. And in particular, basically, the way, the different tools you can use, the tests you can use to find out who's the best person to work for the, for the business. Yeah. Loads of examples from big employers, small employers that might work for both of those and the different types of tests that are available. So I think that's really useful if you're... Um, either unhappy with the type of test you've got or you think perhaps it's not producing the results that you want yeah. um, or maybe you would like to introduce more or you just like to understand a little bit of the different things that um, people are getting up to and yeah. so and so it, many isn't there yeah and some of the things are, are quite wide range that we spoke about from really simple things that you can do actually don't really cost you anything at all to some fairly major changes that you could make yeah. which really might make an impact yeah yeah so Ben was really interesting and feel free to chat to him about that is quite a few diff different ideas, didn't he, about how to, to set it all up. So that is Series 3. So if you haven't listened to any of those, there's little snippets for you. Go and have a, li have a, a listen. listen. See yeah. which ones you think are relevant. 
Um, we give people a preview of Series 4? Yeah. What have we got coming up? <laughs> Series Who have four. we got coming up? Well, we've mentioned South Africa. Yeah, so we could continue in our global uh, graduate recruitment series. Yeah, um, so that's going to be interesting. We had a briefing call with her talking about the diversity challenges. Yeah. Um, and she thinks that almost South Africa are, are well, uh, or best, well, we're well positioned to, to share their, what they've gone through post-apartheid yeah. into the increasing diversity challenges and objectives that we have here in the UK. Mm-hmm. So look out for that one. That's going to be really interesting. Um, oh, this qu- is a great one. Quite looking forward to meeting Sir John Holman. Yeah, anyone know who he is? Probably not. Oh, they can hear him. They're on the bus. They're on trains. They're shouting out. Didn't he set up the Gatsby benchmarks? Yes, that's right. Yes, he did. <laughs> He's the guy who created the Gatsby benchmarks. Yeah. So we're going Sir to talk John. about where they came from, um, how he came about them, how he thinks they've been implemented, and what the future might look like, and um, everything to do with the Gatsby benchmarks. Yeah. So I think both of us, Jack, should emu- uh, look to emulate his career because he has got a knighthood because of his services to, I think, employ. Do you get knighthoods for podcasts? so it's not services to employability it's services to um, like just education Education, yeah yeah. which I think is a phenomenal uh, feat so yeah yeah. we'll we'll get some (laughs) get on the list Uh, we've then got Sarah from Talent and Potential and Laura from HSBC coming in Mm -hmm. to talk about how you convert interns more effectively to become uh, to come back uh, and then work on programs so how you measure that how best you do that tips and tricks around internships yeah great so a real practical um, how to session yeah um, and I've got Ellie from Eon yeah um, community led strategy growth so basically mm. how you can uh, look at the community where your business is based and how you can best uh, uh, leverage that community to help you with your recruitment goals yeah so she's based in Nottingham isn't she so she's quite yeah. a, like a localised employer she would see that and so when she's setting up her apprenticeship programme she's really looking at the local area and what she can do to... Because I think sometimes people forget that every business is obviously part of the community. It's made up of the community and therefore it's an amazing resource to to, to use to to actually be part of the recruitment process. Yeah. Um, Well, we're staying in Nottingham. So we got Chris from Nottingham Trent University. Yes. Um, Very, very excited about this one. Yeah? Go on. Um, So um, Mike from Grad Consult yeah um, it was talking a lot about we were talking a lot about social mobility at the early careers conference yeah and uh yeah we, we were talk we ended up talking about chris and some of the stuff they're doing there and uh i just think it's yeah really really nice the way that they've got this very open approach to social mobility and i think it'll be cool for anybody any university and any employer um it's a it's a slightly different approach on social mobility which is um let's let's talk about it let's open it up and let's yeah, yeah. bring it right to the surface yeah so they were the first university to sign at the social mobility pledge that came out. Um, so they're really taking, uh, you know, right on the front foot with this. Um, so I think, yeah, he'll be a, a great addition to the podcast. So that's uh, an insight into series four. I'm sure we'll flesh it out with a few, uh, few others. Um, so yeah, if you've got any, in fact, if you've got any other recommendations for yeah. uh, interviewees, we're all ears. You know where to go emails. to? Earlycareers.co. Yeah, it's a contact form. Just fill that out, um, and we'll get that. Um, don't forget to subscribe. Yes, that's probably where you are if you're listening to this. To uh, be honest, maybe you might just have come across it and be like, "Those guys look good." Yeah, that's what true. are they talking about? They They've been recommended. Yeah. So yeah, what I might do is go to my Apple Podcasts or wherever I listen, 
hit a little subscribe. I might, if I really like them, I might even leave a review. Yeah, if you don't like it, <laughs> don't leave a review. <laughs> yeah, it's currently five stars. So like yeah, welcome there. more ratings. Um, and I guess finally, we just like you to pass on the pod. You know, if you think of anyone uh, you know in the student recruitment, whether it's universities, uh, schools or colleges, contacts, any networks you work with, just pass it on. We're doing this to help. Um, share trends, insights, and innovations in the early career space. Yeah. And, so, and also, you might not um, want to come on, or you might not um, want to recommend someone to come on, but you might have a topic that you'd be really like to find out more about. So if you also can let us know about the topics as well, um, we'll certainly look for guests who can, who can talk um, with expertise on those topics. Yeah, nice. Uh, and to finish off, I've got a request, if this oh, is all right. Yeah. So I, as a little Christmas treat. Oh, what? Li- everyone, listen carefully, everyone. <laughs> So what we'd like you to do is to send in a photo of you listening to the podcast uh, and best photo will win a prize. So it's a fairly a fantastic niche prize. Uh, treat, also a fairly niche competition, but I think there's some people out there that listen to it in some interesting places. Yeah, actually, that love could to be see a factor, it. actually. Sorry, I don't <laughs> want to give too much away on how we'll judge the best photo, but where you are probably could be. Yeah, an, okay. Yeah. Yeah, well, we haven't made the criteria yet, but the criteria can be... That could be one, could Yeah, be. yeah, that is a good one. Yeah. Uh, so, yeah, we'd love to hear from you. Again, earlycareers.co, contact form, ping it in, and we'll judge, and you'll get a Christmas treat from Jack and Ollie. Uh, wait, I'm not sure you can attach a picture to the contact form. <laughs> oh, really? <laughs> yeah. Um, so, so, you can stick it on LinkedIn, copy us into that one. Jack and Ollie show the Early Careers podcast. Yeah, exactly. Tag us on LinkedIn. There we go. There's At ch- the Early Careers podcast. Yeah, Jack and Ollie show. Yeah. Or just send it to either of us. Yeah. You probably know us. Yeah. <laughs> so that's probably enough on the Christmas tree, and also what you'd like for the Christmas tree as a request, and we'll see what you know we can do. Could be a drawing of it. <laughs> <laughs> uh, great. Well, thank you very much for listening. We obviously love doing this and it's uh, great to hear you all listen yeah, so welcome your feedback you guys and see you all in series four yeah. i've been jack uh, and i've been ollie and that's the season three rounder see you soon for all things early career recruitment the strategies to help you succeed we'll help you work with generation z with all the information that you'll need It's the Jack and Ollie Show.